Pickle Show. And uh, Cal says over on the Bud Light live stream, he said, imagine telling somebody two years ago, Matthew Stafford is going to play against Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Oh, think of that. If you'd have placed that prop bet two years ago, you'd be rolling in it. I wonder what the odds were that if you'd have said two years ago, Matthew Stafford will face Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Right now, you'd be going to Vegas, cashing in your chip, and then wherever it is you wanted to retire, whatever island you wanted to buy, it would then become affordable. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, oh, boy, you're right. When you say that out loud, it makes you go, wow. I guess anything's possible, right? Hey, on the heels of the Brian Flores, uh, the irony is here, okay? The NFL football operations just sent out a tweet and sent me an email uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl. It says they're community events to make positive, impactful changes in Los Angeles. So they're going to, the Super Bowl will feature more than 30 charitable activities and community outreach events that are going to provide lasting legacies. This the irony of this coming out right now, right? Just after Brian Flores files the lawsuit against the NFL and numerous teams alleging racism and hiring practices by multiple teams being the Broncos, the Dolphins, the Giants, all named in the suit, having some proof, having other guys back them up, the tanking of games brought on by the owner of the Dolphins, tampering with a quarterback. I mean, all of this. And then all of a sudden it goes, hey, by the way, Super Bowl week activities include community projects made possible by the NFL and their foundations. Yeah, the NFL Play 60 Kids. They're going to have a community event involving the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. As a part of their ongoing so- social justice work through the Inspire Change Initiative, NFL is going to join Cisco to address the digital divide of children incarcerated and their parents. Uh, with support from the NFL and the Bob Woodard Foundation, it's going to be a salute to service. The NFL will also celebrate the LGBTQ community and recognize the importance of allyship together with Covenant House. Um, Their Business Connect program is working with 225 local diverse business owners in Los Angeles to prepare them to compete and win contracts related to the Super Bowl. You know, look, I applaud the fact that they're doing all of this because otherwise no one would be doing this, right? But isn't it ironic they just come out with all of this? Doesn't this sound like a PR campaign, Ben, for, oh, look how diverse we really are? Oh, I mess it. Yeah, ironic or purposeful? Yes. The NFL probably had, what, 22 hours to get something together? They had all of this sitting here for for a long time. Uh, They've got the Legacy Grant Program, where champions live here, recognizing 56 grassroots organizations through grant assistance and other support making a transformative impact in their communities. You know, it's just all of this has been sitting there. But now it's like, yeah, God, put something together. We look terrible. We look terrible. Again, we're in the crosshairs. Put it all out there. Uh, you know, yeah, we're doing all this, you know, stuff with, with diversity. Uh, we're going to do all this stuff with foundation. Yeah, yeah, put it out. Okay, that sounds good. Put it out there. That's what just came across. That's what just came across. Via NFL football operations, 30-plus events this week leading up to the Super Bowl. Yay. Pat ourselves and right there on the back for all to see. For all to see. Irony or purpose? 
purposefully ironic, I'm going to say. I think we'll go with purpose first. <laughs> yeah, if you are uh, the, we, we are all exist via the human race, so we could bend over, grab, uh, reach around, grab our butt cheeks, spread them far apart, far apart, right? And the NFL is just wafting by with rays of sunshine to blow right up there. There you go. Just like over a pop bottle. <laughs> there you go. And, and, uh, uh, I can't even read that from afar, but whatever it is. Uh, Tim Jinkun, 12. I haven't even read it. Uh, it says, like I said earlier, the best time for damage control is going to be at the halftime show. The diverse halftime show. You are correct. They went all in with L.A. musical acts and such and representation. I agree with that. There you go. That's the NFL. When things put us in the crosshairs, let's blow as much smoke and sunshine out there so nobody can see what's going on. Don't pay attention to the curtain. Quit, look away from the curtain. Look at the wizard. Wizard's beautiful and all-powerful. Oh, my goodness. Love the wizard. Love the wizard. Ah. 877-867-1670. You're right. It's great. Um, this one's from Mark, who says, when you look at Matthew Stafford's numbers, he says uh, he could put up Hall of Fame numbers had he had more wins. The wins and the organization are ultimately go going to be what brings him down. I agree with you uh, that his wife, at times, looks as if she's all about the media attention um, after years of being abused on social media by those Detroit Lions fans. Again, if, if I hope that she's just genuinely giddy and ecstatic for her husband that is just being supportive and i'm sure like i said before she's taking a lot of grief family for whatever reason i don't know why people feel the need to go after family members because they're not even on the field they're not doing anything in regards to what uh, the outcome of a game is but some idiots out there feel the need to go after family members so i'm sure she's put up with a lot but there are times over the last month or so that she's become more of the story uh, because she's putting it out there more and more and more. But when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, other spouses have come to the defense of their Giselle came to the defense of Tom Brady. Um, Baker Mayfield's wife has come to the defense of him to the point that people went after her. So I get it. You know, the old adage is behind every, you know, great and successful man is a really great and successful woman. I understand that or supportive. But, uh, but yeah, there are times where, it's the moment, and it's Matthew Stafford's moment, and let him have it because he's toiled away and wants to deserve this moment, and she'll jump into the middle of it and take a little bit of the spotlight off of him. And whether that's right or wrong, it is what it is. Uh, Adam says uh, over on Twitter, uh, the NFL is going to do what it always does in the wake of the Flores thing. There's someone under the bus, maybe an owner finally, uh, claim all is well, and that's it. You'll never hear from them again. I, I really believe that um, you will hear from this again. And this is different. You know why? Because Flores is making the, the media rounds now. He's, he's going studio to studio, broadcast to broadcast. His attorneys are out with him, and, and they're making the rounds. They're saying, pay attention to this. 
we're not going to let go of this. That's what they're doing. So I don't think this just goes away. You've got now former coaches like Marvin Lewis. Be, they're speaking out. Other other coaches, other people are confirming coaches that are speaking out, confirming stories. You're, everybody's digging. I think this is not going to go away anytime soon. I really believe that. Uh, Burton says, how come Eric Bieniemy is not getting more opportunities? Uh, Burton, we were talking about that earlier. He was the hot commodity a couple of years ago, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, former running back in the league. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because they've had some failures. Um, you know, when it comes to the postseason, obviously last year, Patrick Mahomes ended up running for his life more so than anything against a very good and staunch defensive front of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if it's because they got beat by the Cincinnati Bengals. A team, by the way, which Eric Bieniemy used to be a running back for. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know why he's not getting more play. Uh, but that's also something that's raising an eye. And part of it is, is because, look, if you have success and you go deep into the postseason, you don't get a chance to really interview a lot. Because of, you know, it, it's not like being done. It's not like if the week 18 comes and goes and you're you're free, go out and interview, you know. If he's free to go out and interview in 10 different jobs, then he, his likelihood of getting hired goes up. But he has had success. Uh, but then again, look, Nathaniel Hackett had success. A couple of years with Green Bay, boom, off to Denver. You know, Luke Getze, here for a couple of years, boom, off to Chicago. You know, guys have moved up. So I, I look, I, I, I don't think it's necessary. They, a lot of guys want to blame it on that, you know, that that moratorium where they're not interviewing once they get deep into the postseason, once they have a week to week to week discussion with their teams because of the bye week you get an opportunity to, but not beyond that. You don't really start interviewing until you're actually eliminated from postseason play. So part of that could be, you know, but yeah, boy, it's uh. It's uh, it, it's certainly interesting how he went from being one of the hot commodities to not being a commodity. I agree with you. Um, what else do we have here for you? Got a lot uh, as far as the well, the Oakland Raiders. You know, again, the Oakland Raiders. They hired their coach, Josh McDaniel. They brought in Josh McDaniel. I don't know what the uh, hiring practices was uh, or were. I couldn't honestly tell you. Uh, this is from Tony. Tony says, uh, "Who did, who did the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders interview before they got Josh McDaniel? I don't know. I, I don't know who all interviewed for that job." Josh says, "Sure bet. Snoop is higher than the flyover. <laughs> Love the show. Snoop is Snoop has crossed over from this hardcore rapper to cool, to complete mass media cool, hasn't he?" Just skipping down the sands in the Corona commercial, right? Doing the different shows, the Joker's Wild, and well, I don't. He does a couple other shows that he's he's a judge on, right? Was it Go Big Show or something like that? I don't know if it was Go Big Show. I can't remember which show he was on. The Voice, or I, I can't remember. But he's crossed over into cool. For those that love him, going back to the days of hardcore rap, they consider him a sellout. It's like once you have success and you're 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 mad, you got a mass audience now you're a sellout you know which I never understood because all he's doing is 
is is growing on his popularity, which is what everybody wants. And suddenly when you're out there for everybody to consume, suddenly you're not cool anymore. But he's crossed over. He he has transcended cool. That guy's just cool in so many ways. Uh, Fred says, maybe the assistant coach, Eric Bieniemy for the Chiefs, just interviews poorly. Uh, don't know. Don't know. I mean, you're, you're, you could be right. Look, there are teams, when, when you go through, the coaching fraternity is a very tight-knit group, okay? Everybody knows somebody. If you never worked with this guy, I guarantee you, you know somebody or work with somebody who has. That's just, it's it's that kind of a close-knit group, okay? So, you get, um, you get, uh, a, a, a realm of knowledge, good and bad. And you get the heads up on guys. But my assumption is there's a lot of smart guys in the NFL that don't get opportunities for whatever reason. So going into a hiring process, regardless of color, already know who you're bringing in you already know who you're targeting and that's what the Rooney rule was trying to trying to poke holes in was you know who you want but let's get some more people in front of you so you get a more diverse perspective as to maybe a different idea how you maybe want your team run to get you outside of your realm of thinking but I agree with you. Look, uh, there are some people that come in that interview great, knock your socks off. Some people that may be very smart and can execute anything. The problem is they just don't interview well. Or they just don't get through to you what it is they want to convey. They, they, the ability to do that is not there. And therefore, you may think that if you can't do it with me, you're not going to do it with your guys. I mean, I don't know. There's leadership qualities. There's all that stuff goes into it. But I just, I find it, I find it so interesting when people say, well, you have to do this, you have to, you don't have to do anything. The only thing that the Rooney rule says is you have to, you have to at least open up the opportunity to so many minority candidates. So you get a diverse thought process so it can open up your mind. But the NFL, I'll tell you this, the NFL will never say you have to hire this guy or you have to hire so many coaches of color or what have you. They won't do it. They, they won't do it. Because then the question then becomes, okay, if you fire your head coach and you know you want a certain person, whether it's a defensive or offensive guy or a certain guy that you've liked for years to come into your system and now he's available, we'll say. And now you're looking around the rest of the league going, boy, we're, we're a minority short or we're one person short. We have to hire this particular guy. They'll never do that. There won't be that quota there. But I think the NFL very much should, if if you're going to enforce this, they should sit down. There should be a process where you go to ownership and say, all right, nobody's interviewing and doing anything until this particular portion of the season ends. And then the moratorium on hiring goes about it. And if you start talking to people or if you start talking to agents or something ahead of time, it's just like with tampering before the trade deadline. Then you go in that direction. You know, then you go in that direction. 
877-867-1670. Yeah, you're right. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Stay tuned right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good stuff. Welcome back. A lot of good stuff going on today. It's a, just like a plethora of things. Hey, don't forget uh, about our friends over there. Joe, as a matter of fact, I'm just sitting here, and Joey Albanese just texted me uh, from Albanese's Roadhouse in uh, in Brookfield, right there on Blue Mound Road. And uh, they got those bocce balls. I drive past there all the time. I see people out in, like, f- sub-freezing temperatures playing bocce ball. That, you talk about having a commitment, man. <sighs> Go in and get one of those meatball sandwiches and warm up. Good stuff. Uh, but Albanese's Roadhouse right there in uh, in, in Brookfield. You know, um, if you are uh, west of the downtown area and you're looking for good Italian, there you go, right there. And they got this sports room on the other side. So if you bring kids in, you want to give the kids five, ten bucks, here, go play. Everything from all the different video games, pool tables, you name it, he's got all kinds of stuff there. Albanese's Roadhouse, right there on Blue Mountain Road, across the street from Home Depot next to Menards. If you live in the area, you know exactly where I'm talking about. Good, good stuff. Uh, also, our friends at The Nice Ash, Joe Atten, the whole gang, remind you, if you're going to go, maybe tonight, maybe tonight, you're going to check out the Badger game, you're looking to just relax. Light one up afterwards. Maybe the Victory Cigar, if you want to pull a Joe Burrow, which I've been smoking cigars for a while. Joe Burrow is now making it cool to do it all over again. Okay? But you're going to light one up tonight, maybe after that Badgers win. There you go. TheNiceAsh.com. The best, best cigar bar. In the uh, Milwaukee area, hands down. Hands down. It's worth the drive to Waukesha. 323 West Main Street, great staff, friendly service, entertainment every weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, just a lot of fun. And it's one of those places where people always say, ah, cigar bar, I don't want to stink like that. No, no, nay, nay. You go in, they got one of the best filtration systems ever. You do not walk away burning eyes and all that kind of stuff. You just don't. And it's not just for people. I mean, we get people all the time in there that uh, don't smoke cigars, but they still come in there because it's a lot of fun. But uh, it is a tremendous place. Give it a shot. I just ask you, give it a shot. TheNiceAsh.com. That's TheNiceAsh.com. Great place. 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. And I encourage you to support the businesses in Waukesha, specifically after the uh, Christmas parade tragedy uh, earlier this year. Um. 877-867-1670. Angel says, uh, I heard you read the list of events going on regarding Super Bowl. Uh, do you think the NFL put that on on purpose? Uh, we were talking about that. Yes, Angel, I think they did. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. These events have been planned for a long, long time. The release today of everything that's going on and all the inclusion and diversity there that they bring up, yes, I think there is timing to that. I think you'd be a fool not to believe that. They could have released that this week. They could have released it on Friday. They could have released it on Saturday. They could have released it on Sunday. New. No. It's only hours after Brian Flores steps forward to say that there's, uh, you know, there's some hiring practices here in the NFL that are just not right. And suddenly there you go. Um, oh, Bill, I have some significant breaking news right now. So yes. earlier today, you mentioned the Brian Kelly dancing video. Right. The recent one. Yeah, it came out tight end target Danny Lewis. Well, today, Danny Lewis 
who got over 8 million views on that video, chose Alabama over LSU. Really? Just now. Oh, boy. And there's the video of Brian. God, it, don't you just look, almost get sick watching Brian Kelly in that video, in that TikTok video? I think it's great for the sport because it makes me hate LSU again. For some reason, well, I hated them when Les Miles was there. Yeah. I I just don't know how to feel when I watch that. I, I, I'm so not a Brian Kelly fan. And to see him in that, I just retweeted it. For those that have not seen it, it's over on Twitter. I just put it on Twitter. Uh, if you follow me there, it's at Bill underscore Michaels. I just retweeted it out. I, it just, the Brian Kelly, I, I don't know. I Just knowing the guy and the inside behind the guy, it it just makes me sick. Because he is, he is, and I, you know what, uh, uh, Andy, you're right. He's a used car salesman, but I, I would, I would venture to guess to say I am insulting many used car salesmen that are out there, because they're better than that. There are a lot of honest, good people, used car salesmen that are floating around out there. <laughs> uh, I don't want to disparage them by throwing out a, a used car salesman analogy when it comes to Brian Kelly, but yeah, he's. God, I just can't say. I, I know it's Joe Burrow's school, but I hope LSU loses every damn game here on out. So until that guy's what's gone. your first question at Brian Kelly's next press conference? Hey, I, are you pushing recruits away by dancing in front of them in weird videos? Yeah, right. Um, are you the creepy, creepy guy? Um, my first question to Brian Kelly, uh, boy, that's there's so many. There's so many, I would say, first of all, why did you try to press your way back into the senior banquet at the University of Cincinnati when you told them you weren't leaving and then were, in the meantime, signing the, the, the contract to go to Notre Dame? And even after they told you they didn't want you there, why did you try to force your way back into the banquet? That would be my first question. That I know. Okay, maybe question 74. After you get through the meat of the career... Just talking about the last right. hour. After I, after I get through just dr- drilling the guy, right? Where this Trying kid. to get him to answer a question. Yeah. You know, what were you, what were you thinking when you sent up uh, an intern to go up in that scissor lift when it fell over on a windy day and killed the kid? You know? Oh, uh, you know, what was your reaction? Did practice continue? Did you blow a whistle and say, can somebody clean that up and get back to our drills? Because that's the kind of guy he seems to be. Uh, and, and the other question would be, hey, Brian, where did you get that really just just majorly dumbass southern accent that you've never had before? Where did that come from? How fake are you? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. I would just go so in that direction. There's just so many. <laughs> My, I, I would put all that stuff aside for maybe a second and just ask to why this kid chose Alabama. Right. <laughs> Maybe you just say, you know, hey, uh, you dance with this guy, and then a couple of days later you are uh, not the choice. He is going to Alabama. Why? Did he infiltrate your system and take your secrets? Or when the camera went off, were you bumping and grinding on the guy or what? You know, are you just a creepy dude? (laughs) So maybe go in that direction. I don't know. There's so many ways to, to, to take it. I agree with you. Uh, Dylan says, what is the impact of this Super Bowl and the hiring process going to be on Green Bay? 
Um, I don't know what the impact of the Super Bowl is, but the hiring process. Are you talking about because of coaches? And I, I don't, I don't really understand the question, Dylan. But um, when you talk about the hiring practices of Green Bay, I. Again, I, I don't think there is a Rooney rule to assistance if that's the direction you're going. But uh, but I, I think I equated yesterday and when I was on the air, I said, look, losing your offensive coordinator, even though Matt LaFleur is a play caller, to me is the equivalent of when Mike McCarthy, who and now the difference is Aaron Rodgers likes Matt LaFleur, respects Matt LaFleur, has a great rapport with floor they share ideas they share game plans he's involved in all of this that's something that he has with Matt LaFleur that he did not have with Mike McCarthy so the buffer between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers was Joe Philbin losing Joe Philbin he was your daily guy he was the guy you dealt with he was your setup guy he was the guy that came in and you know put everybody's Microsoft Surface Pro out there or sent up uh, and uploaded all of the the game plan, uploaded all the cuts, uploaded all the video, uploaded all the things that you need to know. He was the guy that did the day-to-day grunt work, okay? Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getze, I can assume are those two guys. That's what you're losing is that day-to-day guy. While your head coach is the play caller, he's the guy you work with via the game plan. Ultimately, the day-to-day guys are the ones that have gone by the wayside. So you, there is something to be said for that because now you've got to get somebody else, Stenovich, now into a different routine. He's got to be a guy that has to pick up where they left off and pick up that routine and make it either just as good or better than what you're accustomed to. So that that's what you lose in losing in losing those two guys. As far as the hiring process goes, I have no idea. I have no idea what Matt LaFleur is thinking, and we're not going to hear from Matt LaFleur probably until a combine. So and they haven't even made the, the Maurice Drayton uh, firing official yet. Right now, it's still just Tom Silverstein that uh, that that had the story that said he will be gone. But we we have not we have not seen. We probably won't hear about anything officially until somebody's actually hired in regards to all of this. Um, we'll step away. A couple of segments yet to go on this Wednesday. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Hopefully you're enjoying your day today. Our friends over at New Mail Medical reminding you that uh, they uh, they are the originals. They've been doing it for a long, long time. New New, New Mail Medical, they uh, whether it's ED, erectile dysfunction, which they can all, all but guarantee you that they can handle, uh, with a 98% success rate, there's low-T treatments. If you're over the age of 30, you're tired, you're sluggish, you're moody, you just can't figure out why, could be low-T. Or maybe this time of year you're thinking to yourself, you know, it's cold, it's winter, I'm snuggled in, I'm hunkered down, but I'm also putting on some weight. Uh, T-shirt season's going to be around the corner, and you don't want to look terrible. So maybe you want to lose some weight. It's the All-in-One Weight Loss Program. It works. Yes, it works. Or just your general health. You can stop in, check out the medical experts. Doc, Tim, and everybody over there at uh, New Mel Medical. Call them, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Give them a shout. Ben, how much do you get into today, National Signing Day? Oh, probably a little too much. Because I've always found it ironic 
that no don't get me wrong you you get some of these guys they have these big stages at their high schools they already have shoe endorsements and stuff uh, sitting in front of them uh like shamar stewart today uh he's committing to uh texas a&m he's going to the aggies he's sitting there with you know the adidas logo behind him he's in front of this big stage and he's faking everybody out he's possibly going to the u and then he's going to go to georgia no he goes to texas look I, i i get it it's great for them I guess if I was a high school athlete and I was being heavily recruited and I was going to go someplace and it, it'd be kind of cool, but it just puts so much pressure on these guys to be successful. They already come in with a face, so they already come in with the ability maybe to make some money on their likeness. But how many of these guys actually just ultimately pan out? Has anybody ever really taken a good hard look statistically a lot of these guys that they have these big pressers, they have these big you know to-dos with, television cameras and all that stuff and family and everybody. And it's not like you're being drafted to the NFL. You're opening the first door maybe, but how many of these guys have actually panned out? I'll say this. I don't usually watch those things because it doesn't happen often in the big 10. A lot of the times that's sec country. It's Florida, Georgia, LSU. Yeah. So I don't really pay attention to the big like CBS. I'm going to commit at this time stuff, but in terms of where the classes fall, I think it's a captivating day because there's always a couple guys like during early signing day, that kid chose Deion Sanders and Jackson state instead of, I forget. Oh, instead of Florida state and the world right. just exploded. Um, yeah. But I don't really follow that big stuff in terms of NIL. I mean, it, it definitely helps. I mean, this kid that committed to Alabama that was in the TikTok video with Brian Kelly, I, right. people know his name now and, and they didn't yep. before. So I think it's good, but I mean, it, it's college football. It's kind of a crap shoot anyway. Once you get up to the top, those five-star kids, they hit at a higher rate, but it's still not guaranteed. Mike, the only one that I know of out of the Big Ten that did a big deal was, it, what is that, Omari Abor is his name, Abor? He's the kid that's going to Ohio State, the, the pass rusher. Uh, but that's it. That's the only one I know when you talk about the Big Ten that I've actually seen. Uh, and I just was watching that on ESPN, just did a thing on SportsCenter a little while ago, and I was watching some of that. I was flipping back and forth between that and the NFL Network. Uh, but beyond that, it's it's more of the guys that do it elaborately that try to fake you out. You know, the guys that pick, you know, look like they're going to go in one direction and then they pick you out and, and go to another direction. Um, uh, the uh, um, Jordan James, he, he originally verbally committed to Georgia. And he said, yeah, you know what? He wanted to become a, a Georgia Bulldog. And he ended up going to the Oregon Ducks. And he was... Uh, I, I think if I read correctly or saw it on the, the crawler that that gives Oregon now six top 300 ESPN recruits or something like that. Cause ESPN follows them because they, they follow their own ranking system. So they publicize it more than anybody. But uh, I just, it, I always cringe. It's not that I don't want these younger kids to have a spotlight cause they, the, they obviously have it in their hometowns, no doubt. But I always think that's a lot of pressure, man, because now you're coming in and you have got your expectations are through the roof and you are right now at the top of where you're going to be. You're either going to take that and run with it or you are going to never live up to that expectation, in which case you've already set yourself up for ultimate failure. You can't just grow into the position or grow into your life as a college student athlete. You are already the superstar level and anything that you do that is not great is considered a failure. And that's why I always caution people to say, hey, look, it's great to have your kid, that that much interest via, via your kid, 
But I kind of like, you know, on draft day when Joe Thomas said, you know what, I'd rather be fishing. I'm not going to put that level of expectation on myself or where I'm going. And Joe Thomas went fishing instead of, you know, standing there for the uh, the NFL on the stage and such as far as being a, a highly touted, you know, draft choice. But I have always liked the kids that just say, nope, I'm going here. I'm good to go. I'll, I'll see you when I get there. You know, I Were think you? NIL has actually contributed to that in terms of expectation more than, than this moment or this day. Because um, even for guys that are choosing between, say, like Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, they have those hat-picking moments. A lot of times you already know the outcome. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the big ones that take off their sweatshirt, then they have another shirt under that and another one under right. that. Like, right. I get it, but I think NIL contributes to the expectation more. Like, look at Spencer Rattler. He was supposed to be the best quarterback in the country last year. Signed massive NIL deals the first year you could do it. Favored uh-huh. to be the number one overall pick. And then he's really struggled at Oklahoma, and the spotlight was bigger on him than it's ever been on anybody. Right. Know? Like, I think the kids agree. going out and doing the commercials contributes to that. I, I think it's positive for the sport and for everything, but I don't know. I don't think that much about the signing day extravaganza. Big night tonight. You got Wisconsin, number 11 in the country, on the road, taking on Illinois, number 18. Also, with I don't want to forget about this, but you got number 12, Villanova, on the road at the Pfizer Forum. They're going to be taking on Marquette tonight, downtown Milwaukee. So if you're heading down there, plenty of places to stop at. I always talk about Calderon Club and such. Maybe take the, the shuttle from Stenny's. But, uh, yeah, Villanova's in town. So two good matchups. So Marquette is over on FS1 tonight, and Wisconsin-Illinois are going to be on the Big Ten Network tonight. So two big games taking place right here in our own yard regarding college hoops this evening and teams with ranked opponents. Hey, don't forget, speaking of great things, our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. Go to burnpitbbq.com. If you're a barbecue lover, whether you're looking for the rubs, the hot sauces that are new, or you just want to support a veteran-owned company right here in the state of Wisconsin, go to Burn Pit, B-U-R-N, burnpitbbq.com, and they can get you your package in as little as a couple of days. So make sure you give those guys a shout. They're great people. It was a startup company a couple of years ago. They celebrated an anniversary, and they continue to grow, and it and it's just really good stuff. I mean, a lot of times you can just pimp things, but I don't pimp anything if I don't use it. I got a whole shelf full in my pantry of just burn pit barbecue sauce. It's just that good. So give them a shout. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Rams and the Bengals getting ready for the Super Bowl. We'll have updates every day on the Bill Michaels Show live from L.A. And Super Bowl 56 beginning next week. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor talked about what it was like landing in Cincinnati late Sunday night after beating the Chiefs in Kansas City. You know, we got back. There was a lot of fans outside the stadium when we got here, which was cool to see. It was a nice spot over there in Mount Healthy, and we had a good time there for a little bit. So it, it was an overall great night. I haven't got a lot of sleep yet. You know, still taking it all in, but... Uh, uh, we're going to quickly turn our focus here to the L.A. Rams. Taylor was an assistant coach for Sean McVay before taking the job in Cincinnati. Now, technically, the AFC team, the Bengals, are the home team for the Super Bowl, even though the game will be played in the Rams' home stadium. Sean McVay. To be able to play at home, you know, in this house that Mr. Kroenke built, this iconic venue is, is really unique. Uh, a little bit easier travel schedule for us since we travel all over the country during the course of the year for the most part. So um, just so happy for this group. Proud to be associated with it. Matt 
Lafleur and the Packers coaching staff are headed to Las Vegas to coach the NFC in the Pro Bowl. Mo Drayton was let go as the Packers special teams coordinator. Adam Stenovich is taking over as offensive coordinator. His assistant, Luke Butkus, has been promoted to become the offensive line coach. Butkus has worked with some of the best coaches in the league on zone blocking and was asked if he knew Stenovich before he was hired in Green Bay three years ago. No, I didn't know Steno, but we have we have some mutual connections, and you know we both kind of grew up under the same system and learning. I had the opportunity to work in Seattle uh, in 2010 with Alex Gibbs, and then in 2011 with Tom Cable. That's Packers offensive line coach Luke Butkus. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. a couple of terrific places if you're looking to go and maybe watch some of the games tonight i know that they still have the food truck up and operating but they are expanding they're getting bigger they're getting better that is our friends at the social house h-a-u-s over there on lisbon road in menominee falls was there over the weekend and still had a great mushroom and swiss burger and they're still it's a limited menu but it's just a great time and dan della is such a a good guy him and his staff and emily and everybody over there there's so much fun stop in and tell them we said hi or Right there on Pewaukee Lake, a traditional sports bar that's been around for a long, long time, and they do it right as well, and that is Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Ryan and the gang, they're fantastic, and I love going over there, and they've got a chef salad that's out of this world, but they have so much good food over there, including the pig porker sandwich. But uh, you can look out back and see guys uh, ice fishing, and then on the other side of the uh, you know the, the, the view, you've got big screen TVs everywhere, and they have a big meat raffle and some charity events coming up, so... Check out our friends at Curly Wa- Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill out there on Pewaukee Lake. Um, here's an interesting note, and I don't know necessarily what leads this charge, but women's college basketball has grown in, uh, in viewership f- up 46% from last season. Ben, do you follow, you follow college sports more than anybody I know. But do you follow women's college basketball? I follow Wisconsin's team, not maybe the sport as a whole. I definitely follow what the Badgers are doing. So it's it's interesting because it is up 46% over last year. I don't know what's leading the charge. Maybe it's just competitiveness. I, I couldn't tell you. Um, but, yeah, there's uh, women's college basketball is getting more. Maybe it's betting because we'll bet on anything. Maybe it's the betting. That is becoming legalized in more and more areas that betting on college women's college basketball now is becoming more of a thing and more people are paying attention to it. But it's it's happening. Also, we haven't talked about it at all. But do you like the new look of the Washington commanders? No, I think it's disgusting and I feel bad for all my friends from Washington. It's. It is a little goofy. I don't get they had 18 months to put something like this together and this right? is what they came up with. I I think we say that all the time. That you had all this time to do this and this is what you gave us? Not that I expected some I didn't want them to go in the realm of USFL with some crazy overhyped type of logo. Just something good, something I thought maybe they would just go with the Washington Commanders and like put stars on their helmets or something you know across the uh, the top of the w which i thought would have been keeping the old w washington football team look but putting some stars on it and writing commanders across their chest or something i mean i don't know but uh sounds crazy i i kind of liked the football team 
I did too. It kind of grew uh, on I, me. It kind of grew on me. It was more traditional. Now, there's two ways to take this. I've heard both. So on one hand, you're in Washington, D.C., and you go with the commanders. And people are saying, well, they're the commies for short. <laughs> so it might not be the best. And then, who my buddy Chris just uh, put up over on the uh, Bud Light live stream, and I've heard this as well, the <laughs> going commando. That's a layup. <laughs> That's a layup, isn't it's it? Just right to so time. both sides, it's, it's like this is, I kind of thought this would be, when they put out the list of names, I thought this might be the one they would go with. Thank God they didn't go in the direction of like senators and all that kind of crap. The commanders, I like it. It, it. The name itself is okay. I'm okay with the name, but the design, I man, all of this. This is what you, a folded W, something that looks like I made origami wise back in the day when you were trying to make that football to be able to kick that football through your you know your buddy's thumbs. Back when you were in school, it kind of looks like that. Like they just unfolded it and made it a W, and that's what it looks like. I hope, but that I, the money that they did not put into all of this at least goes to somewhat fixing the stadium. Well, it at least goes to paying off the lawsuits, right? All right. Maybe that there first. But they should probably have to the end up pipes pay- yeah. that spray sewage on the fans. I can't get over the fact that that, that stadium's not that old. You know what I mean? When that is it, 95, 94? Yeah, it's not that old in, in, in looking at stadiums over time. That was one of the first of the of the building new stadium stadiums. I understand that. But I can't get over the fact that that stadium's not that old and it's already falling apart. I mean, I, I, I mean, if I'm them, I would be spending money on the people that built the stadium to say, hey, don't I have some kind of a, a warranty on this thing? It's a piece of crap already. My, Literally. My friends in Philadelphia media put out pictures in that press box and you can't even see the field. No, it's... They must have uh, now. I have only been there once, and I agree with you. But it's 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 very similar to Chicago, and I've always said Chicago is uh, FedEx Field is probably a close second. Chicago is one of the worst stadiums to work in I've ever been in. It's it's both Wrigley Field and Soldier Field are terrible to work in. Now, as a fan, maybe it's different, but to work in, to go to, to be somebody there to cover the game. It's two of the worst venues I've ever been in. It, and it's clear that the the giant 650, $675 million monstrosity they built in the renovation of Soldier Field versus the $275 million that was put back into the stadium and the renovation at Lambeau Field that Bob Harlan did, it's clear that money was stolen from those who rebuilt Chicago versus the money that was actually spent on the, the Taj Mahal that is Lambeau Field. And Lambeau Field is great as a venue. It is great outside. It is great inside. It's great to work in. It's great to be a part of. It's, it's just there, there's nothing bad that I can figure out about Lambeau Field. Whereas Soldier Field, you can pretty much walk through it and realize that the, the Delta pilots flying into O'Hare, as they state, when you get to the giant aluminum toilet lid, make a right or make a left and turn it. It's it's just it's awful. Hey, one more thing, real quick, before we get out of here. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Phil Mickelson was there. There is a threat of a startup league uh, that's going to rival the PGA, and the PGA is a little bit nervous about it because they really haven't had a ton of competition other than like the European League and 
some of the other leagues that are going on across the pond, so to speak. But there's the, there's a talk about a, a super golf league that could cause the PGA to start to lose golfers if they start to play some of these majors in conjunction with or up against some of the PGA events. And uh, Phil Mickelson says, hey, look, uh, you know, a lot of us are traditionalists, but what the PGA has done, and it's going to ultimately cost us, but they have started to really up the purses in many of these tournaments now. And he said so many of the guys are kind of rethinking about what they may or may not want to do down the road. But it is called the Super Golf League, and they're trying to put this thing together to rival the PGA Tour. And uh, we'll see if it actually takes hold or not, but that's... One of the other very minor stories as we get ready for golf in America to take take hold again as they start to play in, in Hawaii and then they start to make their way to Augusta to really kick off the PGA season as we know it, looking at many of these different venues and such. But Hey, yeah, hey if go. they can find a way to get rid of that 45-minute gap in television coverage on CBS every Sunday, then I'm down. Give me whatever leads. There you go. There you go. By the way, uh, Flora, uh, uh, J- Julie, Oh, over on ESPN Insights on Twitter, Flora ESPN Insights. Uh, ESPN Flora, F-L-O-R-A, ESPN Flora. She's the VP of ESPN Branding. She's the one that put up the 46%. So if you were looking for that number, that's where I got it. Time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.